0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad. You know, it was about five months ago that Canadians were were shocked by headlines talking about so-called murder hornets being found near the Canadian-American border. The Asian giant hornet, as it's officially called, is the biggest, meanest hornest, hornet in the world. They're about two inches long. They have a toxic stinger, an armored body, and a penchant for biting the heads off bees. And that is truly one of the greatest concerns. They're devastating attacks on honeybees, which, of course, uh, the great pollinators, right? We need them. Now, the hornet usually lives in Japan and China, but some were found... on the bc washington border and just a few weeks ago workers from the u.s department of agriculture were able to destroy the first nest of these giant hornet hornets they were found close to blaine washington we're pleased to welcome back uh to the show our next guest dr gard otis a professor of the school of environmental sciences at the university of guelph who has done extensive study on these hornets over the year dr otis welcome back to 6:30, chad yeah thanks
1: jaylen i'm glad to be
0: all right, so give us an idea, you know, watching this, uh, reading the reports about how this unfolded over the past a few days, how they managed to destroy this nest has been fascinating, and I'm sure even more so for you. Dr. Otis, first off, can you tell us how they managed to track down where this nest was using, what was it, dental floss and little transmitters?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... It is an interesting story. Uh, if you go back in time, you'll remember that there was a nest that was found in the B.C. last September or last August. Actually, they found a few workers. They found a nest in September. They destroyed it, and that was the end of everything. And then they started to see the odd hornet really late in the season last year, and too late to really track anything down. But they suspected that some of the, that there were some colonies on the mainland, which obviously there were. And Uh that they must have produced some queens that overwintered and that would probably start new nests in the spring. And they did find a couple queens this spring in Washington state. Um, And so both in B.C. and in neighboring Washington, there have been lots of people out looking for these these (laughs) large hornets. Uh, putting up various kinds of traps, citizen scientists, a lot of people in Washington State volunteered to monitor traps all summer long, the baited traps, and uh, finally they started to catch live hornets. They needed live hornets to track anything back, right? And so just last week, um, they caught a couple of live hornets, and they actually ended up with four of them to work with, and they had gotten these little radio transmitters that had been bought for a different project in Massachusetts, but the U.S. Department of Agriculture shipped them out to Washington State so they could use them. And their technique—they tried gluing one on the, the the hornet itself at one point, and it fell off. Um, so they went with this idea of tying a piece of dental floss, or, or you know, the narrow part on a wasp. How they have that really yeah. narrow part between where the wings are and the abdomen. So they tied a little piece of dental floss around it and connect and glued this little radio transmitter to it. And uh, the wasp took off and it seemed to go in the seemed to go in the wrong direction or something. But eventually, uh, they they tracked the signal down and the guys that were doing it um, were standing in the backyard of this this home. And they're like, we got a really strong signal and they expected to find the nest in the ground because almost all of these hornets nest in the ground. And then they heard one go overhead and they looked up and there in the tree about eight feet up, about a little under two meters or a little over two meters was uh, where the hornets were going in and out of a dead tree.
0: My goodness gracious. Okay, first off, I just need to backtrack for a second. You've worked with these hornets before. I mean, I remember you telling me that story of you getting stung years back when you were working with these hornets. I'm thinking, what kind of nerves of steel do you have to have to, to, to tie a piece of dental floss around one of these
1: things and, and attach a transmitter to it? Well, the re- you don't <laughs> need huge nerves of steel. The reason I got okay. stung... Um, we This was in Vietnam with the, with the other giant hornet that lives in Asia, a slightly more southern distribution. And we were working with live hornets, but we wanted to calm them down, right? So we would put them in a, the little freezer in my bar fridge in my hotel room <laughs> till they chilled down to the point that they weren't moving. And then we could take them out and play around with them for a short period of time. I mean, they start <laughs> to warm up pretty quickly, right? and so the the reason i got stung was uh, we hadn't left them in the freezer long enough and as soon as we opened the jar a couple of them flew out and one went in my bedroom at the hotel and then you know what followed was me getting a sting on my big toe but um they did the same thing they chilled them down and when they're quiet you can handle them and tie the little string of the dental floss around them and so that part wasn't too hard really
0: All right, so that's how they did it. So from there, I mean, from what I'm, what I've read, it sounds like they just they got all, you know, protect the protective equipment uh, all on them. And then, what did they use? Almost like a vacuum. They they cellophane the tree and vacuumed the hornet's nest out. Can you explain the process of getting it out of there?
1: Yeah, there is actually a video on YouTube that you can see this in, but they. they were expect, as I said, they were expecting it to be in the ground, so they had planned to plug the hole in the ground, erect a little tent over the top of it, and then when they opened it up, just start to suck up the hornets as they came into the tent. Well, you can't do that in a tree, right? So they were fortunate. It seems that there was only one hole in the tree that they were coming and going from. They didn't have another entrance somewhere. So they were able to... Put foam in the entrance and seal it, and then wrap it all up with uh, saran wrap to keep everything cl- sealed up. And then, when they made a little hole, they had a, a they, they had a shop back with a long extension cord because it was in this these people's backyard, and so they were able to actually connect the shop back to the electricity. And they uh, with a modified sort of tube that was plexiglass, so they could see what they were doing. They could open a little hole and then essentially vacuum up all the hornets. And I might add, it was a it. If you see the videos of the nest, as soon as I saw it, I thought, that's either a a mostly dead colony or a really small colony. And it was a really small colony. They only got 98 hornets out of this nest. And a mature colony in Asia would have 500 to 1,000 at this time of year. So they aren't sure why it was as small as it is, and they're planning to cut the tree down um, either tomorrow or Thursday. It's a dead a dead tree so it's not going to harm the the landscape too much and they're planning to cut it down so they can get the nest out and look at it and measure it and because we're trying to learn as much as we can about these hornets whenever we like this is a great opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. the genetics of the hornets are they related to the ones that they found last year because they have analyzed those genetically um Are they highly inbred, like is it a brother-sister mating from one colony last year, which would mean there's very little genetic variation, which would greatly reduce the chances these guys are going to establish a a viable population long term. Um, So there's lots to be learned, and they want to like extract everything they can from the opportunity here.
0: So, uh, yeah, you mentioned, and that's, you, you've touched on so many interesting things there. I mean, yeah, 98 hornets from this nest, 13 that were captured
1: alive in a net. What about... Yeah, they caught 13 plus 75 more, so that's the 98, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about the queen? Did they Were they able to find the queen? No, they. Uh, that's normal. The queen is unlikely okay. to, like, when they open this, start disturbing the nest. And if you see the video, once they put the little hole in and started vacuuming, Um, A guy was beating the tree with a a big stick to try to get the hornets excited to come out. But the queen is just not going to defend the nest, like she's going to stay inside. So they assume when they open it up, oh, then they pump the tree full of carbon dioxide before they left to kill anything that was left. So they're assuming when they open it up and take the nest out, they'll find a few more hornets plus probably the queen inside
0: so, what a huge opportunity, as you mentioned uh, for for scientists to to learn more about these about these hornets what what would be the top of your list about what you'd like to find out uh, from these? i mean, if if that's even possible, if i if I was to ask you to do like a one, two, three list, what would it be?
1: Uh, number one, I think I I think from my standpoint i'm less interested in i would like to know who they're related to is this a daughter of the queen that that, like the colony that they had last year because they had some workers from the colony last year they can tell if it's like a daughter or an unrelated individual but the thing i'd really like to know is how much genetic variability is in the the hornets in this particular nest because um we get we get in north america especially in port areas like on the east and west coast where there are ports and ships coming in all the time we get so many foreign organisms that arrive Mm -hmm. in north america from elsewhere from europe from asia um, from wherever in the world and the vast majority of these you never hear about they come in a few of them are there they they never establish population they're gone Okay, but every once in a while we get one like uh, like this giant hornet, or here in Ontario, you, know, you know, I don't know what you, what would be an invasive species in Alberta. I can't think of one, but we had purple loosestrife, we had mm-hmm. we have phragmites, a salt marsh grass, um, zebra mussels we had the Asian way back when, beetle that eats all sorts of hardwoods. Mm-hmm. We had the emerald ash borer. So every once in a while, one of these that's much more serious does manage to get established as a full population and then we have to you know then we really have to worry about it so for as an example in europe there's another species of asian hornet it's not it's about half the size of this one but um before this one showed up we were calling it the giant asian hornet um and it's gotten into france and it's now spread into germany and into italy and into the uk um over the last 16 years and it is it kills between a Sixth and half of the colonies in those regions mm. in the winter time, um, so it's really serious. Yeah. And so, knowing if they have a lot of genetic variability means that it's much more likely they would establish a viable long-term population.
0: Interesting stuff. Really, really fascinating. Um, I might add is-
1: that this nest was only two kilometers from the border of British Columbia. <sighs> um, uh-huh. They did have find a. a a hornet in, like, right at the border just a couple months ago. So it might have even been from the same nest. But as they have these different reports coming in, it's they're estimating they know of about three or four colonies maybe this this year, but that doesn't mean they know of all of them. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure your listeners are probably curious, being where you are in Alberta, is this a big risk for you guys there? Mm-hmm. And I did manage to find, I'm looking at it right now, I did manage to find a paper that has taken where the this hornet lives in asia looked at the climatic factors and then extrapolated from that where it might might be able to survive elsewhere in the world yes I'm not sure i complete oh i see that's yellow uh some of the dots in alberta look reddish or orangish like it might actually be able to survive in alberta really um i think the biggest limitation there would be winter time the cold temperatures you get in the winter you always get some point in the winter that doesn't the temperature go to minus 100 there or something like that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes it feel, feels that way dr minus, um, yes, minus
1: below the <laughs> limit that people can survive in um, so i i i think it's not these are hornets that are coming from japan and korea mostly yeah. and right now that's where they've they've originated from we think and they don't have a climate like Alberta and Japan <laughs> and and Korea. You know, it gets cold there, and they have they have skiing and stuff like that, but it doesn't get like Alberta. So, we'll Dr. Otis, before. Happens.
0: Before I let you go, I thought it interesting uh, in one of the articles that I read that um, one of the uh, one of the spokespeople said, "No, we are not selling any of these specimens." I thought that was interesting <laughs> that there was going to be a call that there was going to be this want. Uh, they, they've actually been turning down people who wanted who wanted one of these things.
1: Yeah, some of those I think are people who have private collections, and they just want one yeah. in their collection. But uh, yeah, I, I don't need one. Oh, I actually have my own. So <laughs> there you, you have go. your I own. Put mine on the market <laughs> and sell them. Do you do
0: you do you have one in the, in the office or at your house? Oh yeah, I got I got dozens.
1: <laughs> I could make oh, a fortune. Find my you next could. for research, I guess, off of the backs of hornets. <laughs> yes, there you go. Dr. Otis, always lovely
0: to speak with you. Thank you so much for uh, your insight I w- I into end this. I uh,
1: saying I don't think your listeners have anything to worry about in the near future. Okay. Um, at the point when you start hearing about lots of reports of these hornets and they're starting to move further afield from where they are limited to one county of Washington State and neighboring DC. Um, then they should start to take notice and start to go, hey, you know, like maybe we have to watch this. But they, they're not going to get there on their own. they got Rocky Mountains there that are pretty cold, so they're going to have to be transported, and it'll be time. And I, I personally don't think it's going to be a big risk.
0: Good to hear. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. All right. Thank you, and uh, stay you, safe, okay? Yeah, you too. Dr. Gard Otis joining us this afternoon, who has quickly over the past six months become one of my favorite guests.